All right, Marky, episode 29. We're sitting here with Craig Lucas at the Steelbound Brewery and Distillery. Craig, welcome to License to Talk. Howdy, guys. Good yeah. time. It's funny because uh, people don't know Craig. I called so many people and I was like, yeah, so what? They're like, oh, this tattoo and Isabel. I'm like, now that we did this tour, you're a scientist. You're fucking Willy Wonka. Scientologist. It says it on the card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we have a lot to talk about here. We, we always start off in the beginning. Uh, Craig, a 97-timing graduate. Uh, and he used to be called the Wolfman at, uh, what was the name of the radio station? No, welcome to WTSJ Radio, your breakfast with the Wolfman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I met the wolf man. And, and Craig has traveled around Western New York and uh, quite interesting story that he has for us today. Unbelievable. Now, Craig, you first come on a radar for me, obviously, as the wolf man, but you started a tattoo parlor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I graduated time in 97 um, and I proceeded to then uh, follow my dream of music at uh, Fredonia. Um, I lasted an amazing half a semester, um, and I do believe I beat Grove's GPA because I had an official 0.0, <laughs> not an incomplete. Um, I, I guess uh, botany was more my thing, and they didn't have the sex, drugs, and rock and roll uh, <laughs> classes I thought were going to be in there, you know? So um, I left that, and uh, I had been, like, piercing dude's ears and whatever going to mercy piercing belly buttons in the locker room uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh whatever and uh i went with some friends and they were getting a tattoo and uh this old grizzly dude was like all oh, these people you know do want to get these piercings and shit and guy next to me goes craig does that and there i am sitting you know like short hair fucking letterman jacket you know from time and even though i never really did anything sport wise you know <laughs> um and he's like, you? And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll stab somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that. So I did a little interview with him. I pierced, uh, pierced his old lady, you know, a big grizzly biker. So it was his old lady. I pierced her belly button. Um, brought me on to do a few things here and there. And uh, I think I was at ECC. Um, yeah, I was at ECC. And they... Uh, Rick Parlotta says, oh, you know, my buddy's family owns this, uh, this tattoo studio open up on Ridge Road. Like, why don't you go over there? And I was like, okay, you know, shoot over there. And I got a job there. And then my folks are like, well, you know, we paid all this money for time and <laughs> paid all that, you know, and you're doing what? Like, you got thrown out of school and where are you going with your life? You got fish for brains <laughs> going to the hippie shows. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, no, I can make money at this. And they're like, well, you get a job or you're out of the house, you know, good old South Buffalo style. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to do it. So I started Pearson and express yourself for a little bit. And I think I did a little bit of time with uh, Jimmy Link and Joe Girardi down at Route 62 next to the old dirty Chinese restaurant. Um, and I officially went to work for AmeriCorps then to pay off these, this college debt crap that I had. And uh, when I was there, I moved up in the ranks. I became like a crew leader and stuff like that and um met actually some pretty cool south buffalo guys in there that have become lifelong friends uh mr lamarty <laughs> good, good, good old micah and stuff like that when they first started and uh during that program we were clearing the erie canal trail side for new york state 
that we're using like small student slave labor <laughs> to do it to pay off our our uh, school loans. You know, you had to do like a year's worth of hours at four dollars an hour. You know, doing Habitat for Humanity, all this sort of stuff. And uh, we did a project in Utica where like the Albany crew and the Erie County crew had met up in the middle uh, to do the final tree cuts and whatever. And I met the crew out there and they wanted to make me like a head supervisor. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to transfer AmeriCorps. I'm going to move to Utica, not knowing that Utica is like the armpit of New York. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I go there and their program was mostly like doing these project houses. Like, so they would take ghetto people and put them into these Habitat for Humanity things, apartment buildings that they redid. I was there like six weeks. Then there was a federal investigation that they were like running prostitutes and selling <laughs> drugs out of this thing on this, on this whole Clinton, you know, youth foundation thing. Now I'm stuck in Utica, New York. Oh. And I'm like, what do I do? Across the street, there was a piercing studio called not a problem and i went in there and i told the dude i was like oh yeah man i tattooed for like five years man i'm i'm totally good at this you know <laughs> i took our class it was sweet and he's like oh yeah he's like why don't you come in totally blind to this i had like this little tattoo kit i ordered from the back of a tattoo magazine like sea monkeys you know <laughs> and i was i was actually tattooing like people in americorps in these cabins when we went on trips you know, like no idea what I was doing. But, but like, was art a thing that you were a good? You... I, I mean, I've always had like an artistic end to it. You know, like I, I didn't come into South Buffalo. Like I wasn't raised here. I was a military brat. We didn't come back until the late 80s. So like when all, you know, everybody else had already been like on their baseball teams and hockey. And I didn't even know what the fuck hockey was. <laughs> right. I was like, what is this? You know? Um, I grew up all around the world, Germany for four years, Colorado Springs. Um, my dad was uh, MP, then he went to CID, Criminal Investigation Department of the Military. Um, when he got out, uh, he worked at Gold Circle overnight doing Christmas stock before INS called him. And he did INS, and then that changeover happened to ICE, and he retired NSA. But anyway, so like I wasn't South Buffalo, you know, so I wasn't into sports so much sure. you know like and i didn't i wasn't related to everybody yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i found out later like my family started a lot of like the bars out there and a lot of the bootlegging booze which we'll get into but um i started drawing like ren and stimpy cartoons with scott malloy at st tommy's you know yeah um, i did a uh children's book like in sixth grade you know for the kindergarten class like <laughs> animated that you know and then i, I excelled with art at time in and you know me and brylor were part of the uh, start of the music program there um which has taken off so so you said you took math with tita so you had to be pretty Ratch. advanced you had you had to be pretty advanced math then right? yeah 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 I, i've always been a nerd regents uh <laughs> national honor society and that's um, not what somebody nobody was like oh yeah craig uh national honor society guy you know there's like, i don't even know dead, how i got in there guy <laughs> yeah. you, you no stayed idea. awake <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I lived two blocks away, you know. My dad would set the clock so far ahead. It was it was nuts. Like I'd wake up at eight oh five but still got to school at seven fifty five. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. When I had my knee surgery my senior year, Eric Godwin, sloppy, used to drive from Castile 
to pick me up at my house to drive one block. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was insane. Insane. Yeah, time and like it was, it was a, I was never like on the forefront of things. You know, I hung out with everybody. Oh, yeah. I, I, I did the park thing, but at the same point, you know, I did mystery play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, yeah I, my sisters were mystery players. Uh, yeah, yeah, Meg, Meg and Jen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> six Shockers. years. Yeah, six. It's the only way I could grow long hair. Yeah, the time. And look, oh. look at those photos. Oh my, they're terrible. Yeah, well, a loophole. When we yeah. got here, we busted the yearbook open like we did for Jim Kersel, and we had him sign it. And it's yeah, correct. and Jim wasn't in the radio club, and I thought Jim was. I I do believe he was one of the starters with Russin. And then he just kind of yeah because it, it wasn't big because that's when the radio club didn't have the mobile cart that we ran around yeah yeah with right like it was when you walked in the back doors in that like storage room it was in there you know and then Russin got it big you know and then we had our own room and then we took over uh, doing the stuff for the plays on top of it like in that little room that's where Father John slapped me in the face one day <laughs> when I said I was going to study hall or some shit <laughs> yeah beat my ass. So any influence from high school with the art to come it, into the, the there, tattooing? There, there, there was a little bit, but I'll tell you what, it was it was the fact that like time gave you a drive, you know, back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you were gonna excel at sports, you know, you were a lot of guys in my class, you know, lawyers and stuff like that, you know. Um our class was definitely the opposite of the year before us. You know, love them boys. Yeah. <laughs> the rats, they're they're amazing. Like probably the best graduation I was ever at. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, we it was a push thing, you know. You know, we were the last timing class before the fallen of Saint Jude. Yeah. Or whatever. And I, and I always say that, you know, like we're we're at that, you know. Um and we, and we pushed through. We had a great graduating class and the art thing, like I I just said I was gonna do it, you know. So I went to Utica and I just started tattooing, man. Like I, I learned and cut that town up, you know, um, owned my craft, came back to Buffalo and just started rocking in little tattoo studios all around, ended up at the Twisted Tiki up in North Tonawanda. Um, I was at Penetration Inc. on the corner of Bailey and Delavan at the old Lights Towing Building. Oh boy. Yeah. Where I used to like walk outside and be like, yo, that the white Tupac, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we got raided by, uh, by the FBI once there. That was crazy. Thinking that... Somebody in there was wanted, kind of surrounded the place. <laughs> False alarm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there I am. Like, I walk out, this guy puts a badge in my face. And I was like, he's like, what are you doing here? I was like, I, I work here. I'm the tattoo guy. It's like, you go stand over there. <laughs> you know? And I find out my Uncle Jack, who was a lieutenant on Buffalo Police, you know, he shows up. And he's like, Craig, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just doing my job. Um. After that one, I, I started traveling around the country. I hitchhiked, uh, jumped some trains with some dudes. We got out to California. Really? Yeah. Uh, worked out in Long Beach. Uh, worked for, back then it was still kind of seedy, you know, in tattoo shops. Mm-hmm. You know, so we worked for this Latino shop um, that was, what was it? Uh, Myself 13. <laughs> You know, uh, MS 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. 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 Down in Long Beach, you know, Chivato, good, you know, and uh, learned to do black and gray real well out there. Uh, first forehead I ever tattooed. Real. I was yeah. going to ask shit. you, what's the, what's the weirdest tattoo you've done? I mean, uh, there's got to be a million, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't even know. I, I had it. <laughs> I can't talk about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Anybody I, I mean, I, I have a, uh, I mean, if you look at that one. Oh, yeah, that'll. Yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Then, yeah. you know, I, I, I got my uh, tribute to an old Buffalo tattoo artist named Dirty Dick. You know, I got that <laughs> one. So. Um, so nobody asked you to do the elephant trunk. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I actually had a guy come in the one day, uh, big biker dude, and he walks in. Is when I was in on Abbott Road, Lackawanna, next to Big V's, which is now Mobility Plus. Uh, and that was the first Seamus McGinkies. That's when that one was where Sheik Patik went, and I had some issues with some building inspectors. <laughs> no. This guy. <laughs> yeah, well, kind of through there. That was during uh, when Griffin was running for Common Council and whatnot, and wasn't real happy with me opening there. I put a toilet outside because I had to replace that, and I had this big like stop work notice, and then they wanted me to buy city blocks with an encroachment permit. Oh. Our, but Bonnie Kane didn't wasn't their first decades on the like first, Abbott Road. First decades was right oh, across God. from Molly Maguire's. We, we we made fake IDs and went in there and bought a bowl once. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. You, you talk about the old Buffalo, the old South Buffalo, mm -hmm. where people stayed in the box, they didn't think outside the box. Yeah. And now you're seeing these shops pop up around South Buffalo and Buffalo, yeah, and people are starting to embrace them a little bit. Talk about the challenges that those businesses are facing now with uh, getting in and how much they charge and the rent. And a new South Buffalo business, man. I, I, I don't envy anybody that's getting into it. Yeah. Um, you know, I had Seamus McKinkies in, in Western New York for, what did the rug say, 2004. And I went into retirement. Uh, as my girlfriend says, I didn't retire. I'm retarded. Uh -huh. Um 17 years late, something like that. Wow. Like, yeah, 2015, you know, like I tattooed for like 23 years, you know, like and I'm still doing it here and there. But when I started, like I was young, I was like 23, you know, like, oh, I'm going to go start a business, you know, that is not cool. You know, almost like what Ryan did with decades, you know, when he yeah. did that. You know, so I'm going to go in there and I'm going to open a tattoo studio because now everybody's starting to get into it. It was before the craze. You got to rent, right? And this is before the Erie County Health Department laws were super stringent too. Um, there weren't regs to it, like on the way your building had to be set up. So you would go and rent a place and you're young. So it's got to be like 400 bucks a month, 600 bucks a month. Right. You know, and that was for a hole, man, that hadn't been touched. Like just one of the small abandoned storefronts, you know, around Chic Boutique was like an IT place before I went in and I had to put it in like a tile floor. Like I would sleep there, you know, doing like this construction, trying to make it look nice and classy because I came from Twisted Tiki, which was like super nice up in North Tonawana, like tile floors and all this. And I knew the standards of health that had to be brought through, you know, and I knew the way South Buffalo would be. You know, and that's hence Seamus McGinkies too. Like, I didn't want it to be extreme graphic, done, you know, right. life like this. So, like, I had to have something Irish in it. My middle name is James, so Seamus. Can't spell it Seamus because nobody understands that, right? Yeah. And, like, ink. So, Seamus McGinkies. You know, Good name. Yeah, Doc Sullivan came up with that. Kayleen, uh, <laughs> the old bartender. I said it three times. Asked her in a half hour what I said. She, it was like Seamus McGinkies or something stupid like that, right? <laughs> and I was like, you remember. Oh, that's it. That's I, it. I remember you getting shit, and I remember saying, how many young business owners are there in this neighborhood? And there wasn't a lot at the time. No, no. And there, you there would really... get shit for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, they, 
I probably had, you know, thank you, mom and dad, for letting me use your credit card for that. Um, <laughs> Don't tell your brother. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> my sister gets enough. She's good. <laughs> Sorry, Court. Um, I was probably like eight thousand, man, eight nine thousand, just in like little building stuff. Besides the tattoo equipment, you know, which was a couple thousand, and I had to go work from there. I, th I think I went and that's when I started work. Went to New York City for a little bit. Worked with Kate Helen Brand, Taylor Jerry's original apprentice. Came back here and rented the first Seamus McGinkies. That was like. Next mobility plus and it was a pain like like now you got to get cards you have to get you know phone all that sort of stuff and start bringing people in like and then the health department coming in and now it's starting to get popular and people are like oh do you reuse your needles right you know and that's not the way that tattooing started then like you would hand make all your needles you know so there's a lot of prep work you would go in early and you would hand draw every tattoo when i learned it was still kind of like the flash stuff on the wall that was like hey, hey could you uh customize that and uh put bob in there and make the rose blue <laughs> you know be like oh yeah that's cool and i love the creativity that's come from like the art growing but that's all buffalo knew you know you had your you know your fighting irish guy yeah. you know i want a paw you know that that was the crosses the yeah Celtic yeah the, the, the tupac cross came through and then Celtic cross actually that that was the thing with Seamus McGinkies too like I knew how to do roses I knew how like the wizard on the floating cliff you know that you know every guy had or the pinup type of stuff all the guys that I knew that wanted tattoos you know were like we want something you know South Buffalo Irish mm -hmm. and stuff like that all the guys that I had learned from when coming up in these shops were always like man Celtic artwork is the hardest to do you know, just the intersecting lines, the balance in proportions between it and try to hand draw that stuff without like graph paper and whatever. You had like one Celtic art book or you pull something off of like a black 47 album, mm -hmm. something like that, or wolf tones, you know, you get something in the corner and you'd work it and it's all fine line and you had to stencil it. Well, at that time tattooing, we would put all the stencils on with deodorant because the alcohol would activate the carbon and just a sloppy process back then and you would lose these stencils right so i just drove myself to like i'm gonna i'm gonna be the best at celtic artwork that's what i'm gonna do and i'm just gonna bang it out and i really i really made a niche in that you but did i i, I it, the funny thing is in south buffalo i probably did more polish falcons <laughs> yeah. than shamrocks you know everyone's like hey craig man uh, st patty's day like why don't you go and do a like a shamrock special and shit like that i was like because everybody's at the bar along with me <laughs> yeah you know like right, yeah. craig's running around in a kill around south buffalo you know getting <laughs> getting stupid you know so you said you were an apprentice um what was that what what, what was that like I never like like did an official apprenticeship mm -hmm. tattooing. Um, it was a lot of teach on my own, learn by mistake. Hence Utica again. Um, I'm a great hands-on learner that way. Do a lot of research. I ended up in a shop with this lady, Kate Helen Brand, who uh, looked like Olga from the Dark Crystal. <laughs> you know, uh, Gelfling, you will do this. And she broke me, man. Like, cause I thought I was like hot shit in the tattoo industry, but this lady's like. 50 years in amazing worked under sailor jerry and um i want to be part of that legacy um i really wanted to be part of that and she wouldn't let me tattoo 
Like I helped her build this shop at the old Paul Massaro's on, on hurdle. I helped her build this shop and I have to like take her laundry to the laundromat. <laughs> right. She didn't have hot water hooked up in the place yet. So I would fill these carboys full of water and leave them in the sun while this old lady stood behind this wooden fence on hurdle. And I would dump them over the fence to bathe her. <laughs> Sounds like this well, is Kill you're, Bill. You're, you're really up. fucking yeah. paying your dues here right, for this. Right, right. I would have to go to uh, Boston Market and get her a kid's turkey meal with <laughs> uh, with cream spinach and mixed vegetables and an extra large iced tea, no ice. Um, you still remember it. 2003. <laughs> Got it. I've heard of fetching coffee before, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. and my apprentices thought I, I gave it rough to them, you know. Um, so Seamus McGinney's on Abbott Road kicked off, you know, like it got big. And that's where I met my, uh, my first apprentice, uh, Josh Harlemold, who, uh, owned Holy Ground. Now he owns, uh, Faith and Patience, um, on Maine, I do believe. Um, he was a little kid. He just turned, uh, like 18, lived in a little apartment complex next door to me. He uh, saw me cleaning the floors one day and came in. He's a little, little Asian guy. A lot of people back then called him Asian Josh. He was part of the big hardcore <laughs> scene. Um, this is also the time that now Miami Inc. pops up, right? Uh, right. Right. So now I'm like, all right, this is going to bang. Look, mom and dad, I own a business. I'm doing fantastic. They're making tattoo shows now. Like, this is legit. They're like, do you pay taxes? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you the know, craze starts. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's starting. I'm part of this. And now I have an Asian apprentice, just like Yoshi on, <laughs> on Miami Inc., you know. And um, they're like, you know, you look so nice with all when you had bare skin. We didn't teach you to do that. You know, he was a good time in boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, those, those that don't know, Craig has a big beard, long hair. He's, yeah. Looks like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I've come full circle. Uh, actually, my first tattoo was of Jesus. <laughs> for oh, the yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, that was my first one. Um, so I, I'm kicking that off and I start with Josh and Josh is just like hanging out and getting tattooed and stuff like that. And he wanted this big Asian influence sleeve and I was like, cool, like I'm going to do this. And then he just wouldn't leave. You know, he's just always hanging out. And uh, another tattoo artist in the area had stopped by a friend of mine, Mark Madden. And this is before the Mark Madden like blow up craze in western new york and he was like is that your apprentice i was like no he just kind of like hangs out and sweeps the floor and shit like that's cool and i go hey josh you want to learn how to tattoo and he was working at big lots at the time right <laughs> and he was like uh sure <laughs> i guess so he didn't he wasn't hanging around to be your guy no no just no hanging around he was just hanging around to be around me you know <laughs> like, you know they go and have parties and stuff like that and go to shows and it was you know, 18 year olds starting to get tattoos and, you know, like full sleeve stuff. Like I was covered at that point, which was unheard of. You know, yeah. I got tattooed from like, like 17 at this point, I'm like 23 and I'm like 85% covered in tattoos. You never saw that, you know, in, in that neighborhood. Did you do my buddy Lynch's, uh, Miller genuine draft tattoo? Probably. I think you did it. It's a great tattoo. If so now wanted, is it now like Photoshop? Is it oh, like I, I, everything I see now, like with the mandala tattoos and everything, it's you go on an iPad, iPad Pro, and you draw a quarter of it, and then you hit duplicate, and it's like it's all done. And, and that technology is awesome, you know. Mm -hmm. um, to is, it, have. is it losing the art though? Kind well, of. I'm 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 gonna totally pull the uh, old schooler, grumpy old man, get off my <laughs> lawn, pirate stuff here. 
I busted my ass to get in that business and broke stigmatisms all the way through it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, I mean, I had fallouts with my family, you know, friends and stuff like that. You know, people always like, so when are you going to get a real job? Oh, God. oh yeah. Right. You know, when, when are you going to get a real job, Craig, you know, until you turn this corner and now it's like, oh, you're legit. Like, oh, you can support a family off of that. You're all cool. And I brought up a lot of the problems in the industry. I brought up a lot of these kids that probably wouldn't have been anywhere else. You know, they turned to drugs, do something like that, you know, because there wasn't a push in the schools anymore. And, and parenting kind of sucks. Yeah. Like, like, like with these dudes, like the work ethic sucks. So I was like, parents would bring their kids in like 19, 20 years old to me and be like, he really wants to tattoo. Nobody really wants to tattoo. Right. I mean, I did. I'm a sociopath, but whatever. So, <laughs> uh, like, nobody really wants to do it. You know, like, I, I had a crotchet officer tell me one time, like, nobody grows up and says, I want to be a CO. You know, um, it's not one of those things that ever occurred when we were young. Right. It's just not a thing that, that happened. But they look at it as part of like a scene. Like, I hate the work ethic of the tattoo industry and it's way too easy. It's way too easy. You know, everything's come a long way technology wise to help with like cross contamination and everything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't have a dirty tattoo. It's too expensive for you to actually reuse a needle, you know? Yeah. But they don't get it. You know, they don't understand like what that industry was like the Lyle Tuttles that were out there, the Philadelphia Eddies, the sailor Jerry, like, yeah, he's got a rum and he's all over everywhere. And Don Ed Hardy, all them dudes, those dudes would tattoo around military bases, make their money the first and 15th, drink their way through the next 14 days and like run whorehouses and stuff like that in these areas. Like they were not cool people. You know, I don't know why I thought they were cool. But, like. <laughs> so gone is the whole styring artist the, kind of deal. Almost. Well, I mean, that, that's another thing, yeah. too, is like there is like there's like a heavy price you have to put to that work. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it, like, it, how it, did you do that? Honestly, I never really did that. Like I needed to make money and I would I would spend days at the tattoo shop. I mean, even until I closed in Blaisdell, you know, like hours upon hours, you do that as a, as a small business owner. You know, like guys that are getting good rates and stuff. I mean, I think it's pretty banana bullshit, you know, have an art school degree and stuff like that. It's all cool. But remember, as a tattoo artist, you're going to remember me your whole life. Sure. Right. Yeah, right. I, like I am in so many people's lives because it, like it had to be a great experience. And I heard so many times, like, I really like that artist and they're great artists and it's cool. But like I had such a bad time because like they're just gruff and jerks. Like when I have bad time, you know, fuck it. No way. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I've had bad conversations with people. I'm like, wow, this sucks. Like I'm on top of you. I'm touching you. We're there for hours. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting into intimate places on people. Like you have to make them feel comfortable, you know, because I want the business again. Because, yeah. You know, it's an, 60, addic- it's an addiction. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is an addiction and it's a therapy. And if you make that what it is, you know, I've had people that have been tattooing, man, like, like 20 plus years, you know, that I'm starting to cover stuff that I started, 
years ago because they've ran out of room and like they're recirculating back into their bodies you know um the prima donna stuff is why i why i stopped you really know? I, I mean like so, so um i just got over the industry of people not wanting to do it because younger guys coming in you know like it's tattoo artist hours like bartender hours mm-hmm. yeah you know it, it's i think it's a lot like bartending you it's, know it's like it's like somebody ex- almost sometimes expects something from you too mm-hmm. you know you walk in and you're like oh yeah i'll, I'll I'll do it like to keep the business or mm-hmm. and, and, there, and there is a certain point. Like I never mind drawing anything for anybody. Like that was, that was awesome. They, they kept the chops up, kept, you know, the muscle memory going, um, and taught me how to draw. Like most of my clients nowadays past like seven, eight years, even, like I don't stencil anything, you know, uh, you had Honan on, uh, one oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, Honan, yeah, 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 yeah. His whole, one of the last ones I did in Blaisdell, big Celtic piece under his arm, like all freehand, you know, did a great job. And that really yeah. doesn't exist anymore. It, it, it does. Um, but it's all their way. You know, like when you come in and you say, I want this, like, that's what you want. You make the customer happy. Not like, well, this is the way I change it. Cause I only draw in 1940 style. <laughs> um, and my dog has to go out later. So this is what we're doing. And I'm going to charge you this much and we're going to get this done. The amount of tattoos I have out in this world that because I was like, oh, let's start this giant sleeve project and whatever. And oh, you work uh, where? Hot Topic? First shop? Cool. You can afford uh, $7,000, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I live at home and I'm going to get a car. Sweet. Like, so never ends up getting finished, you know, like the session tattoo, like, like the bar session is the way to do it. You know, spend your money there. Do what you do. Do it right clean lines, all that sort of stuff. And I thought it was being cool, like having tons of tattoos back then. Like I am the majority now, not the minority. Absolutely. <laughs> correct. Yeah. How yeah, many think you, you've done? Uh, if you had to if uh, you just tattoo, guesstimate. I'm probably at 250,000. Holy wow. shit. Because when I started, I was probably doing 13 a day um, from little butterflies on up and you would work. You know, you work 16 hour days and then go out to the bar and, you know, spend the money you had that day and then go back to work the next day. Um, and you'd have people lined up out the door. There was no appointments. And I did that for like 20 years. And I, I kept that always like not I'm horrible with appointments. <laughs> I run on CST Craig standard time. Um, so I would never let anybody down like, hey, man, hang out, you know, go have a beer, you know, whatever you're going to do, like I'll be here. I promise I'll be there. And like, that's Mike Taylor style, like down in South Park, no matter what anybody says, like Taylor has his hours, does his thing, man. Like he's, he's genuine, you know, and he still runs the old school, you know, it's his way, you know, and I dig that, you know, Mm -hmm. I dig that Jimmy link that I saw yesterday. He came in here, man. Like he's old school. Yeah. You know, the, the the new guys. And I love the new guys um, artistically, like what they've, what they can do. And they're making everybody happy. Uh, A big market that wouldn't have got tattoos 20 years ago. I love what they're doing, um, but put the research in. Like you wouldn't have those needles and those inks if it wasn't for us. Like we had seven colors, you couldn't buy a million of them. You know, we. So you're mixing and. Oh yeah, I I, I still only work with like six colors and C-M-Y-K. break them all down. Yeah, yeah. Roy G. Biv, man. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. <laughs> <laughs> Black and white are not colors; they are shades. Right. Wow. Yeah. So, so like, who are the guys now? I mean, you don't have to, but like, who are the guys now that you'd go, you'd say, go to these guys. 
get your tattoos. Oh, due to Gray Haven, we go back to Seneca Street, like opening that up. Um, that actually, in a roundabout way, came from Seamus McKinkies. Um, the owner was the bass player of a band called From This Day, um, who their guitar player was Asian Josh's roommate. So Josh had done one of his first tattoos. And I remember him talking about how he wanted to get into the industry. Um, and he took his time and like, he's really done it right. You know, there's a lot of money over there that they're doing, but they took their time, they did it right. And got through the empire's own shit that was going on on Seneca street where you could only have, you couldn't open a new bar, a new restaurant pizzeria without approval. Uh, Cause heroes Inc at the border of West Seneca had an issue with that uh, years ago. But the guys that you're going to go to now, I mean, Josh, they call him slick money. Um, that owned Holy ground. My apprentice, like that dude came up, like he, but he beat me at our first tattoo convention for tattoo of the day that I was taking all the time, you know, as an award-winning artist traveling around the world. Uh, when he took that, you know, it was, uh, the Padawan like stepping over and, he, he's amazing. Like he, he really is. He's a dope dude. Uh, Mark Sinsel over at uh, Holy ground next to the new decades on uh, Seneca. He's cool. Um, seven C's got a bunch of good artists, but those are all dudes that like came out of me. Anchors, anchors end in Springville, Derek Davies. He's one of my guys. You know, those are That's all. It's got to feel good. It feels cool. You and, know. It, and it took you around the world. You said, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've tattooed all around the country, all around the world. Before I stopped tattooing, I was uh, I was doing conventions every three weeks. You know, um, I was working with Josh Payne, that's uh, on Ink Masters. Um, I was doing consulting for large tattoo supply companies, designing machines and stuff like that. Uh, there was a thing in New York State where they were going to change that you had to have like these self sealed ink caps going through um for single service instead of just dumping the bottle in um i had developed something called uh mcseelys like totally beating out <laughs> that horse where it was like a sealed ink cap uh seven days before that law went into effect they uh they put it on hold like i was ready to go into that and that was going to be my retirement oh yeah you know like um but they rescinded on that and I, I was already like i was just over the business um the pretentiousness just drove drove me nuts man and i'm like you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like you. I'm like you, Jimmy. Like, you know what? I'll do whatever you want, but don't tell me what the fuck to do. Uh -huh. yeah. You know, like, I can hurt you. So, like, <laughs> what are the pitfalls that, uh, like, the Greyhaven is going to have? Like, that, that's like a high rent, and, like, there's not a lot of people on Sonic Street. They're taking a big chance by doing that, right? Wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge chance because tattoo artists are lazy when you have them <laughs> as employees. Um, uh, like you just have to get your ass in a chair and draw on people, like I said. But like tattoo industry, it's rock and roll, you know. It, Guns and Roses, Axl Rose, that's what it is. Um, what Gray Haven's got facing them, I'm, I'm not super familiar with what's going on down on Sonic Street. I've seen a lot of it through social media, um, and I I think it's cool. But I mean, you still have the outlying areas like McKinley Parkway. It's great. I grew up on McKinley and Kennewick. Uh you still have the back end of Kennevick, man. <laughs> <laughs> you still have that, like, like running back down, and then you're hitting, you know, over into like behind Molly's and stuff. Uh, what is it? Uh, Hickory Woods, right? Yeah, yeah, back in there, like Mystic, and 
mm-hmm. uh, like all that, like you still have that man, you know? Yeah. Just, just like, there. just, just yeah. like Larkin like starts at Seneca and Smith. Right. And it's reputation. Yeah. It, it's reputation. And it is what it is. You know, um, I've always felt that, you know, South Buffalo, you know, we all, all our grandparents started as working people down on the docks and then the first ward. And then, you know, you did well and you got up from there and then you moved into South Buffalo, you know, into the golden triangle, as I call it yeah. at, at certain times. Um, and you know, you have from the circles and that's what it is. It's golden triangle and we keep mercy and time and all into that. And that's, that was always good. And then Seneca fell apart. Uh, but then all those families then like started to move to Hamburg and Orchard Park with the old farmlands and just left the houses to kids because the houses were reasonable and, you know, built for two families. Then those single family houses turned into doubles, you know, because now we can rent it out, you know, to your cousin. He's upstairs and you guys start your family there because then you're going to move to West Seneca, Hamburg. Right. Uh, and, and go up from there. Well, these houses are already paid for. And I saw it because I, I worked for, you know, on the side, a couple of little guys that owned a bunch of property, um, the parasite, if anybody knows the parasite, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, he had an awesome work vehicle. It was like an old Buick center that was parked on McKinley that had like one color paint. We called it welfare white. <laughs> <laughs> and like, so you own all these properties and then you're running out of people to run it in the family. They're right, all moved on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're coming in and they don't give a crap about the house. Mm-hmm. Right. And, it's like, well, it's already paid for, so we'll only charge, you know, four fifty for it. And then, or these houses just end up not being taken care of, you know, the back end of Seneca Street yeah. and stuff like that. And and you have you have to get a market. You know, people still have a stigmatism of Seneca Street. They have the the back end of the South Park. They still have the stigmatism of that. You know, like, oh, mm-hmm. we have to go down there, right? You know, yeah. to, to get. You know, so but like they have he, no issue going to Williamsville. They have no issue going down onto Elmwood that takes an hour and a half, you know, to get into those areas. We have no issue going into like Canal Street and all that. You know, those those were just as seedy. Yeah, they yeah. were. You know, it's a good point. So people will travel to that, but when you tell them that, you know, oh, I'm off of Seneca Street, like you better have a marketing profile behind right. you. And a good reputation and a good reputation. And I mean, uh, like for, for you, I thought, you know, there wasn't a stag that I wasn't at. There wasn't a 25 or $50 gift certificate to Seamus McKinkey's. Like you just went out and you were like, yeah, of course it was like, you were generous to the neighborhood and they, it, the neighborhood reputation. was generous to me. Yeah. Well, that's a good, I, that's a good way of looking at it. Neighborhood yeah. was ge- like, really like I didn't have to work. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. I did what I loved, you know, like. And I used a lot of background from high school and the drive to do that. Like, so you need to get out and you need to socialize with people and you need to be, you know, it's like you have to be park life. You yeah. know? So, yeah. so like if I'm going to go to a stag, you know, and I'm going to hang out with you and be like, yeah, I'll tattoo you. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, I had to do that. I had to be social. I had to be interactive with people. And I wasn't like, you know, an art school idiot, you know, like. Pre- well pretentious like yeah yeah pretentious. Like even like, like now like, you think about it like would the cost of a tattoo now like it should be less than what it used to be right it, it should because of the supply cost honestly so stop paying stupid money for tattoos yeah you know it yeah it's worth their time and stuff like that and they pay the same taxes and everything like that but make tattoo artists work you know you know, make, yeah. get them off their iPads and shit like that, dude. <laughs> you know, get them to draw something out of their realm because you know what you're doing as a customer. You're making them grow as an artist. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if, if I keep doing the same thing all day, you know, it, it's a waste. I've always said, you know, if I don't learn something, it's a day wasted, you know, if yeah. it's, if it's, you know, put my dick away before I lift up my zipper. You know? So some <laughs> advice to to them would be like, get out in your neighborhood and break the stereotype of who you guys are too. be, be social in your neighborhood yeah. and break the stigmatism of it because there's somebody around the corner that still thinks there's a, a CD tattoo shop that's, that's, you know, running drugs or something because that's just part of it. Yeah. You know, even if a guy pulls up on a brand new Harley credit card, cowboy guy, like, Oh, there's bikers over there. Like yeah. somebody's right. going to think it in tattoo artists will still run late hours by appointment. They're going to think something weird, get out there and reach out to the community. And if you're going to be an artist, you know, push it out there and, and help with the community. Like you have time in the community is your money. For sure, and, and and I and I saw that with uh with, with Gray Havens. I, I was over at Bottle Rocket a couple of weeks ago. And them dudes came in on Wednesday because that was that was their tradition, you know. And I mean, I always went to the local bars because for some reason my tattoo shops were always next to bars. <laughs> 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 and you know, hence you know changeovers. Um, but yeah, the tattoo industry was awesome in the South Buffalo communities, uh, Blaisdell, Lackawanna, um, all them dudes. Like it, it, it it's hard to break you know, a South Buffalo mom into getting a little shamrock or whatever. And if that's what she wants, then you give that to her. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. you give that to her, you know, or she's going to bring that manager haircut all over your ass. <laughs> I love the manager haircut. <laughs> we, 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 we will get to what we were doing today and I've heard it all day. It's hilarious. Yeah. Like in, in then with that in South Buffalo, like we all know somebody too, right. You know, mm-hmm. it, especially old school South Buffalo. So if you get, if you get mom, you get dad. You got all the kids, you got all, <laughs> yeah. you got all the cousins, yeah. you got all the Murphy's O'Neill's, all of them coming in, you know, because we only go to Seamus McGinkies and stuff like that. Oh, and that's and what I, I, and I loved it. It was, it, it was a great time, you know. Um, I did some art for time in on the back end of it, too. Like, it was, uh, it, it was a great run, and, yeah. you know, I still do it, and now I do it for fun. Oh, good. You know, no. So any clients that are listening, you know, you got my number. You just yeah. <laughs> get a hold of me when, when I'm not at the brewery. It's funny <laughs> we talk about, like, stereotypes of it. It's like, it's like it's, you probably get it a lot. Your big beard, tattoos all over. And, like, do people ever just, like, totally take you as, like, some vagrant? Like and- Sometimes I embrace that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, really, like, because there was a point in South Buffalo where it was kind of, like, rock star stuff. Yeah. You know, and um, I would go into a bar and I... People would be like, hey, man, like, I know you hate to talk about work, but uh, I just want this uh, thing, you know, like 10 minutes. And I could always say that, like, nobody likes to talk about work outside of work except for roofers. Like, roofers are the only guys <laughs> in bars. That's funny you say that. <laughs> like, like, roofers will be like, so, um, I, you know, understand that you don't want to talk about work today, Craig, and I'm uh, just going to go this. But I understand what you do because today I uh, – put down seven square and that's you know just like what you did you know if you like well i'm a fucking doctor bro and he's like so when you lay that down you have to cut things that's like a doctor right <laughs> right like that, like roofers are the only guys that talk about their job all day and are all about it <laughs> you'd be surprised you you talk about passion a lot of passion for the tattoos that craig has and then we took a little ride today up here to the steel bound brewery and distillery and we found a new passion. And I think it broke a shit, like shitload of stereotypes for, I mean, for me, for everybody. Like, seriously, when I t- ask people, they're just like, the, the beard and the tattoo and stuff. It's like, no, you're fucking scientist. 
Scientologist. I'm I'm very impressed. Super impressed. We we took a tour. We brought the Kinger and Mike O'Neill with us, you know, to prove that it happened. And <laughs> but we we went around. We got a lot of education here today. And how does it start that you want to get into brewing and distilling? Ah, uh, so so I'm sorry, Jenna. I retired. <laughs> I retired. Um. Uh, my son passed away. Oh, jeez. And uh, you know, I took some time off, and uh, I had a great community behind me that supported that. And uh, I sat at home for a little bit. And uh, I, I had some money that I was sitting on. Sure. And uh, needed to calm down a little bit, you know. Uh, I partied a little hard for a little bit after that. And uh, I had always, like, messed around with weird science and distillation, right? Because, uh, like we, we talked about it earlier, um, when the craft homebrewing started up with people that I met like in the tattoo studios, uh, Kev Groves, you know, big dude with it. Um, and knowing like what Chris does now, uh, amazing to see that. But like my buddy's dad years ago, like did the, uh, Mr. Beer brew in a bucket, red ale kit. Um, yeah. You can, in the back of magazines. And yeah. Stuff yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Actually there was a homebrew shop down on South park. Uh, by the liquor store, like after where it splits years ago, when there was a whole bunch of homebrew shops, I forgot who, what it was called, but people go there and, and he got this kit and he did this, this red ale and he put it in, you know, fermented it in a bucket for like five days and then just bottled it off with a racking cane, like making, you know, Dago red wines and stuff like that, like that, like that, like that. And I remember like drinking it. And I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like uh, J.W. Dundee's that let, was set on my dresser because it's so flat. This is like morning after. I'm like, so cool. I was like, but we can make beer, you know, like, is it cheap? He's like, no, no, it's not cheap. It's like Dewey Cox. Like, no, you don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but if we can make beer, yeah. we don't have to buy it. <laughs> And, he, and he's like, no, it's super expensive. And I'm like, but it tastes like shit. Why were we drinking it? And started seeing like Sierra Nevada pop up and we go into like fossils when that opened. Yeah. You get into it and I'm like, oh, that tastes like a pine needle. Mm -hmm. You know, and people are all into it. I'm like, I like yellow fizzy water. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and I like a lot of them. <laughs> um because I started drinking at the park, man. Like, somebody's selling stuff in garbage bags. I think my eighth grade graduation, we bought a keg and buried it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. From safe. I'm like, come on. <laughs> my daughter's 11. <laughs> and if she did that shit, I'd be so proud. No. Yeah. <laughs> Ingenuity. At least, at, least, at least that's effort with a kid nowadays. Uh, yeah. You got well, that beyond me? You're right. When these things started popping up, they tasted like shit. Well, well, well to, to, to our palate, right? Yeah. Because we were used to taking stuff out of the parents' uh, fridge. Yeah, right? Jenny Light, Blue Jenny, Light, yeah, Bud yeah. Light. You know? I, I uh, first one of the first beers I got. Uh, my neighbors were on McKinley and Counterfeit. Oh, yeah, Party Artie. Oh, <laughs> Party Artie. Party Artie was my neighbor. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Burks. Yeah, yeah the Burks. <laughs> Good old people. It's great. 
Um, he had this horrible reign. I think I think Artie was actually like an eight year senior at time end because his mom was a secretary, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So he had this ranger, and um, he always had thirty packs of Jenny Ice in it. Oh yeah, right. Even in the summer, the polar bear, the polar bear, right? The black can. Yeah. Um, and I grabbed one of those. I was probably in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> and I grabbed one of those, and I walked over behind, uh, is it, or behind Dorrance, right? St. Tommy's meeting St. Martin's, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. Finger blast underneath the telephone pole or some <laughs> shit. Like that. You know, the pig that I was then. Sorry, all of you. <laughs> um, like. Those, that was a beer that you tasted. Like that was Western New York beer. That that's what it was. We had three hundred breweries at one time. Like it was amazing in New York State. And then these things start coming in. And it's like, eh. And I looked at it and I was like, well, if I'm gonna like make something, I'm gonna make booze. Yeah, I'm gonna make booze. Like because, shit, you have a bunch of that, and then you can just put that booze in like water, and it becomes beer, right? No. <laughs> so like I'm like all right I'm gonna distill some stuff so I find this little research manual like in the library remember them not the goggle <laughs> yeah not yeah. the goggle I didn't go on the YouTube and the goggle <laughs> you know in the library I find this thing and it's um how to make ice distillation like beer stronger so it's like Applejack so um take a beer throw it in the freezer and we all go god damn it it exploded just drink the liquid. You've <laughs> now separated all the water because that freezes at 32 degrees. Ethanol doesn't freeze until negative 12. So take all that slushy off and just drink that. Granted, in a 5% beer, that'll only be 5%. It's like a thimbleful, but that's pure alcohol. That's ice distillation. So I started with that. Started making little Apple Jacks. Then I figured out... Uh, Steam distillation. Steam distillation is exactly what we did in chemistry class to make um, distilled water. I had to do that for the tattoo industry to make sanitized water to mix in with inks. So you're taking everything. And yeah. Boiling it in. Yeah. And we're just taking all the minerals out of the water and deionizing it. So I was doing that. And then I was like, wait, I can just put some... Uh, bigger booze in this so i started with wine grabbed a bottle of wine and dumped it in there separated it off so that's distillation by the way anybody listening um that is for ethanol fuel um to run a lawnmower and cleaning purposes uh because home distillation for beverage drinking is illegal <laughs> uh just saying that. <laughs> but you can get your ethanol fuels permit and make very delicious lawnmower fuel. <laughs> um, my buddy, buddy Tony Policchetti was working for an engine shop and they were doing something for like high fuel dragsters too. Like, so they had started doing some distillation over there and I hooked up with them guys on a still. And then I ended up building one on my own. Um, for ethanol fuel <laughs> <laughs> for ethanol fuels and i just played with it here and there you know here and there and when i uh did my retirement i was sitting at home you know i was like oh i'm gonna build a uh recording studio for my music and stuff like that and play around you know when after uh 
patty whacked and the whiskey dicks were rocking. Um, I was like, I need something to do. Let, let's uh, expand on this. So uh, me and uh, my girlfriend's brother, Blake, I was going to invade the old lady craft circuit. Okay. And I was going to do like what Ryan did with decades years ago. I was going to give you everything you need to make booze in like a little separated, like brownie jar, right? In a mason mm-hmm. jar. Like, so you'd have some corn, a little bit of sugar, and then a yeast packet with a, like a little fancy tag on it and then sell you an attachment. They could go onto a teapot to make a still. It's like a booze chia pet almost. <laughs> oh, a booze chia pet. But you know, it's, it's like, well, here's a water pipe that you use for tobacco. Whatever you use beyond that is beyond me. But check out my YouTube channel because, <laughs> right. because now I'm going to do, I'm going to give you instructions on what distillation is. And I was going to go to all like the West Onica craft fairs and whatever and hang out and, and put a big trailer like backdrop around this tent sell cigar box guitars and all this stuff because every woman now has to have an excuse to buy their boyfriend or husband something at the craft show and who doesn't want to be like oh look it's a make your own booze kit yeah you know? right, here you go and then we have this apple pie spice flavor you can put in it so i tell my girlfriend this I'm like hey jenna i got this idea i'm gonna do it and she goes god damn it craig she's like everything you do you succeed at so why not go ahead and do it Oh, that's good support. Yeah. So I call her brother. I'm like, yo, she went for it. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, um, Blake at this time is only 20 years old. And he has helped in the development of all this progress <laughs> along the way as he helped rebuild my house. The next day, I go on the Book of Faces. And because, <laughs> because it listens to everything you say, this ad pops up. You may be interested in Trocare College's brewing and distillation program. Isn't that amazing? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then you click on it. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I, I'm like, click. And I look, and I just get lost into the interwebs in the hole. And I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And I'm like, legitimacy again. <laughs> and I call my girlfriend at work, who's busy as hell. She's got, like, closing for this medical bill. I'm like, Jenna, Jenna, Jenna. And she's like, yeah, Craig, what? I'm like, so, like, I'm going to do this thing. And she's like, yeah, I know. So, as long as you pay the bills. And I'm like, no, no, no. For, there's college for booze. <laughs> and she's like, what? I was like, I'm going to school. <laughs> to make booze. To make booze. And she goes, whatever. I'll talk to you when you get home, Craig, okay? <laughs> she's like, did you let the dogs out? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're cool. They're fucking pissing all over the floor upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the hole of the internet. Just boom, 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 boom. And I call Blake up. I'm like, yo, dude, get up here. Cause he lives down the hill. I'm like, yo, get up here. There's college for booze. And, and <laughs> I'm flipping through this thing. And then there's contact us. I'm like, it's a trocare, man. It's in South Buffalo. I was like, we can do this. We live in North Boston. Like we're going to go to this. So I call up the administration office and I'm like, so, um, how do I get in booze school? <laughs> and they're like, well, we just started this program. We're taking a few students in. And I was like, how many courses are there? And she's like, oh, well, there's like six or seven, and we're just pushing a little bit further. I was like, do I have to take an entrance exam again? Because I suck at math. <laughs> do I have to do English 101? Like, or is this just like cool school? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, it's a certificate program. I'm like, so uh, I'm like 38. Uh, so the secondary education, do I get this shit for free? And they're like, no, you have to pay cash. No Ooh. financial aid, anything like this. And I'm like, oh, damn it. I was like. Thank God I didn't get into a student loan at this age again, right? right? 
you know. Um, so she's like, well, just go on, register as a student, and you can go through it. I'm like, all right. So I call my parents, and I'm like, hey, mom, hey, dad. <laughs> yes, Craig. I'm like, so uh, I think I'm going back to school. Are you going to be an English teacher? I've always <laughs> wanted you to be an English teacher. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, Jude. Uh, <laughs> First no, names now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bob and Jude. Bob and Jude. Um, I was like, no, Jude. I'm going to go to booze school. Oh, how's Jenna feel about that? She said, as long as I pay the bills, it's all good. It's all good. She's like, okay. I was like, but I might need like a little help, you know, a little money. <laughs> and she's like, well, see what happens and you can talk to us. You're like, Fredonia worked out really well last time. F- funny, I got tossed out of Fredonia <laughs> for drinking booze. <laughs> Went back to college, got a degree in booze. That's right? great. So I call up and I ask him, I'm like, so I want to go to school. And now Jenna's brother, Blake, is just graduated high school. Um, super smart dude. And he's, I'm like, yo, I was like, you want to like continue dish? dishwashing and working a lot over at Hyundai, you know, and me paying you ship money to work on my house or like you want to like really do this thing. Like you go to school. I was like, it's only seven courses. I was like better than all your other bullshit, lazy friends. He's like, uh, all right, dude, let's do this. So he tells his parents, like, I'm going to go to college with Craig. They're like, that's amazing. We sign up to go to booze school, pay it all up. It's supposed to be like two and a half years. I'm like, I haven't written a paper in 20 some years. There's no way, no way in hell. I'm like, if I pay it all cash, will you let me do it? Of course, Joe Carey goes, yeah, pay it all cash. (laughs) You want to take a huge course load? It was something like nine hours a day. Wow. Yeah. For six months. And that's what you did. Yeah. That's what me and Blake both did. We go into the course, and now we also thought this was it. Trocare on Show It. Okay, here it comes. It's in Williamsville. Billville. Billville. Yeah, Billville, yeah. Never yeah. been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so uh, behind Salvatore's, because it is a Trocare College, Russell J. Salvatore's School of Hospitality. Oh, okay. okay. Yep, right behind there. We go into uh, the school, and it's Brewing, Distillation, and Fermentation Sciences course. And I'm like, all right, so we have to take some of this craft beer crap, but it's distillation. This is where we want to go, right, Blake? Yeah. I couldn't make the first day of classes, the first two classes. It was a Saturday. I'd already scheduled a vacation. I was coming off the end. Um, So I was going to be at school on Monday. Blake goes to the first class on his own, and I call him up. I'm like, yo, dude. I'm like, so how was school today? Is our teacher nice? (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, yeah, it's pretty cool, dude. Um, I was like, what about the distillation? I was like, I don't care about the brewing shit. And he's like, there's really nothing. It's all beer. I'm like, God damn it. We drink Keystone. (laughs) Whatever. I was like, so how are the other students in the class? He goes, they talk about milkshake guava IPAs. (laughs) And and, I'm sorry, Christian. I'm really sorry. Um, There's this guy who really likes mead. And he's got these big dreadlocks. I was like, mead wook. (laughs) (laughs) Big mead wook. So I go into class. And now Blake also has a big beard in class. And we're from North Boston, Hamburg. 
the rest of the people are from like downtown Buffalo and huge craft beer scene. I show up into class in overalls, a beard, and a <laughs> denim vest, the whole Canadian tuxedo rocking. Nice. You're like moonshine. That's what you're looking Which for. Which is great yeah. because the teacher, Dr. Brian, Mr. Dr. Brian Barrows, looks at me and he goes, so you distillation guys over there, like you're crazy hillbillies? <laughs> and I go, no. He goes, you ever see the show Moonshiners? No, which I never have. I was like, I could give two shits about craft beer until I learned the science about behind it. All the stuff that you would never use in high school, never think you would, like math formulas, all the physics, all the chemistry, all the mixing, everything that has to go into it, uh, conversion of amylase, grains, um, every day, plus gym class because you have to haul around 50 pound, 50 pound bags of grain all day, you know, thousand pounds at a time. It's, it's nuts. You know, so I got into the booze end and uh, me and Blake both did the course in six months. Uh, it was an awesome program. I do believe it's disbanded now along with the ECC course. Well, that's too bad. And it's all going down triple C um, along with the weed school up there. So, so now it's a, a, a full-blown college. It's not a certificate course anymore. Yeah, it'll be uh, an associate's degree. I do believe um, Mr. Dr. Brian Barrows from Trocare um is going to be an adjunct professor up there um john from buffalo brewing company has a lot to do with it uh the buffalo niagara brewers association is definitely part of it um and they're going to do the whole quality control hospitality end of it it's going to be be a full thing what we got was a certificate um i did some secondary schooling beyond that i did some online classes with uc davis um, I got a Cicerone certificate, which is, um, like a beer sommelier, uh, mm-hmm. beer judge, um, certified. Uh, I do believe Groves is like the level above that. Um, really? Yeah. Which is a super hard test to take. Super, super hard wow. test. Um, the distillation end, I, um, I interned with a Buffalo distilling company, uh, with all the guys over there, Andy, Frank, Kevy Ford. Um, it was awesome over there helping make Krupnik, um, and their bourbons on their still. Uh, I also worked with 12 gates, uh, Scott Schuler, uh, did some work with, uh, Labatt brew house here and there, uh, after school, I needed a job. So yeah. How did the, how did you get your feet running after, after this? Well, like, like school's great. And then I ran into whatever like 23 year olds runs into after college and, I went to school and where's the job? Yeah, where's my job? And as much as craft beer is is grown in in this area in New York State, it's hard to get your foot in. It's just just like tattooing. Like you, you have to like put your face in it. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's something that you're not into, you know. I wasn't into the craft beer so much, but I, I went and worked 12 grades and thank God I did because the craft beer taught me the science of fermentation for distillation. Um, 12 gates had helped set up steel bound. Um, help when the system came in, they helped tune it up a little bit for him and did their first brew here with them. And Scott had told me, uh, that, you know, Craig, you're a distiller, man. Like that, that's you at heart. You know, you're MacGyver. Like that's what you do. And you can do quality control on beer all day. He's like, but you got to check this place out. And, uh, I had a Jimmy Butera from Butera's in Hamburg. Um, I was in there having a beer and he's like, 
you got to check this place out, you know, like, and showed me some pictures. And all I see is like this big giant copper, like monstrosity. And I was like, what is that? I was like, I'm going to look it up. Now I'm looking it up online. I can't find anything because I'm, nobody knew the actual name. They're like, it's still something or steel. So I was like, screw it. It's in Ellicottville. I'm just going to come down to 19 and look at it. Drove down. Nobody's here under construction sign, big, huge building. Uh, Tim Hortons is right across from it. And I'm like, all right, it's not a bad ride. You know, I'm from South Buffalo. I don't want to like do this giant ride, but I was already driving to Billville for 12 gates, Yeah, you know? So, uh, and I don't have traffic in between the two 1990 changeover. So this is fine. I call the number on uh, the next morning and uh, this guy answers and I go, Hey, I'm a distiller. Just kind of like, Hey, I can tattoo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, he goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. We're looking for a distiller. Um, he goes, we're getting ready for our soft opening uh, this upcoming Thursday. You go, uh, I don't know. When can you come in? I'm kind of busy right now, which I find out this is Bill, the owner, Bill Bercy, um, South Buffalo guy. Yep. Um, who you guys met earlier. He's like, uh, when you come in, I'm like 42 minutes. I'll be there. So I pull in, they're pouring the concrete for the parking lot in here. I had to park across the street and I come in with my resume, which is a arm full of jars, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And I sit down and I'm like, so uh, I'm the distiller guy that called. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, uh, why don't you tr come around and check out the back? And I come in the back and I look at the brew house and the still and he starts feeding me some of their new beers that they had. And I'm like, wow, these are really good. This is cool. And then I'm like, let me show you my wares. I sit down with the, the head cook at the time, Bill, one of the brewers, and uh, they're drinking out of the jars and like, this is, this is an aged whiskey. This is a rum. This is brandy. They're like, oh, this is awesome. I gave him like my BS apple pie. And uh, I actually did it like an orange creamsicle moonshine type of thing oh. that, that I called uh, crunk work orange. <laughs> 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 you know, like I had a whole label system set up. And they're like, this is really good. This is real like booze. So let's try it out. Uh, they brought their um, brand manager down at the time when they tried the rum. This stuff was like 120 proof, like straight up. Like, oh, we're not huge fans of rum. And he drank it right out of the jar and was like, this is delicious. <laughs> like, you could have the job. Came in and none of the still was actually, the distillery was built yet. So I was in like college. I had my serve safe from there. I had my tips certification. And I had background in managing businesses. And I came in and I kind of helped work around the front of the house. Uh, actually, my job title was a bartender for Ooh. about five months um in here like because the distillery wasn't running i was helping brew uh we used to keep our beer in storage up behind ballyhoo okay so we're in ellicottville right we yeah. brew it here we would take it up to the storage warehouse where like sanzo and Cerdo and stuff hold some stuff yeah guy ballyhoo and then bring it back wow until so we got our cold room here that i built um built a wall spray foamed it insulated it and then had to bring all the stuff from Ballyhoo back down here. All these kegs. It was crazy. Well, it, Marky, it's pretty impressive. We took the tour with the boys earlier. Steelbound Brewery and Distillery. It is at 660 Route 219, North Ellicottville, New York, 14731. And it is quite impressive. We went on a little tour. 
and we got a little education of how everything is made. You could come down to the brewery and they'll show you around. Very great guys here. Um, I mean, we've we've tried a couple beers today. <laughs> it yeah. tastes great. The food is great. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, you find white pizza. They. It, Great stuff. Yeah, and we had the three little pegs. Try yeah. that. That was very good. Yeah. So like you land this this like this is just like unbelievable. I, yeah, right there. I, I land this gig. I'm like wow, and it's amazing that I get into it. And I'm like, what do I do now? We're brewing beer. Distillery's not ready. Bill says we got to get the liquor going. We got to get it going. So I'm like, okay. Now, there's a whole bunch of regs that happen behind this. Mm -hmm. You know, in school, they don't teach you like the labeling laws that have to come into it. They don't teach you the taxes that have to come into it. Um, usually in most places, there's other ends that do that. November 16th, I started the paperwork to run our distillery. Full Like we had all the licensing since 2017. Uh, but actually to get up and running to do a product to shelf. You have to create formulas. You have to design your label, send it to the government, get it approved by the federals through the TTB and New York state brand registrations. You have to do all this, know the alcohol contents and develop it through. By December 27th, we put our first product out. Wow. Uh, right now we're running 13. Um, but this job, just it just put the same drive that everything, everything else I've done in life. It's the same thing. Like if you're going to know something, know it all. Right. You know, and thank God for the goggle now. You know, if you go on the <laughs> goggle, like, you have to research it. The booze business, you know, uh, I always, I think on our website, it says that a beverage of leisure is a serious business. You know, mm -hmm. um, this business is, it's all taxed, you know. Oh, yeah. This is, it goes from the Volstead Act, you know, prohibition, all that. Uh, definitions of whiskeys, bourbons, beers, all that. None of that's changed since the 1860s, you know. Uh, what this is and like, is it Kentucky bourbon? Is it bourbon? Is it corn whiskey? Is it bonded? There's a CFR written, um, controlled by what was the ATF. Now it's the TTB, um, that controls all that. So you can designate it as what it is. Uh, major producers of liquor, anything that you drink in a bar, there's probably only seven companies in the country that make all of it. They, they owned all the branding. You know, you, you have Brown Foreman, Jack Daniels, Diageo, um, Constellation Brands. They have little distilleries, but 90% of that stuff all comes from one plant in the Midwest and it's then processed out. You know, there is AB InBev or, you know, Budweiser and stuff like that. Craft beer always was allowed to happen uh, because of Jimmy Carter and the home brewing uh, legalization in 1978 because his brother started Billy Beer. <laughs> um, but home distillation's always been illegal. And all the information for home brewing started through, you know, forums, websites, and all that. And things grew in the movement, just like tattooing. And it grew up to where we had these, you know, microbreweries starting, able to be started. Um, distillation was never like that. New York State, at one point, like that's where all our money, Buffalo, like that's where all of it was. 350 breweries at one time. Uh, we were actually the number one producer of hops until 1880 in the country. Uh, there was a downy mold outbreak that ruined the cluster hop 
And then they found out you could grow more dank hops on the West Coast. I don't know why. Because <laughs> they grow in the same uh, regions as their cousin, uh, cannabis sativa. Uh, Humulus nipponis and cannabis sativa. That's the Greek nerd stuff there. But, <laughs> so all these breweries died out because like AB and Bev had bought them all up and like people are trading off. Sierra Nevada was a big jump into the craft brewery movement as much as I hated that. You know, those types of beers. But it started a resurgence for new small business owners, just like the tattoo studios. Like, so, oh, you make craft beer at home. That's great. You know, why don't you bring that out to a market? You know, um, Tim Herzog flying by in, you know, push that Buffalo brew pub, uh, Pearl street. Like they were doing it, but to get those licenses was a pain in the ass. Like, especially in South Buffalo, if like you had a record, you couldn't get a TTV license, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah, hard, enough to know get somebody. A, yeah, hard enough to get an on-premise. Yeah. yeah. So in 2012, um, dare I say Cuomo, um, he came in and he did something great. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just keep his ass in office, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he started, uh, the farm winery act, farm brewery, um, and micro brewery acts where it made it easier for people that didn't have to have like $4 million bonds to start their business, you know, and all these regs to come in and do something small. As long as they were under 60,000 barrel a year, which would be 120,000 half kegs you know so there'd be a lot of them at uh stankies right like yeah. but they all they all be jenny is that what i heard right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> green sludge yeah, yeah. Well, i mean you look at it now and they, they say oh i don't know craft beer it's pushing since we did the groves podcast which was amazing it, thanks Thank yeah and it, it's now turning into just beer We've noticed that since we yeah, did that. Craft, it's not craft. Yeah. We, well, because give me an IPA or you hear that, that. That, that, that. That's the usual end of it. Like I say, my mom like single-handedly funds Hayburner. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's what we're looking at because we had just our, our regular try at Cerdo beers that we had in bars. Now we're bringing stuff in, but craft beer being beer is still maybe three percent of the whole business but if we can take three percent from domestic inbev and stuff like that that's still a huge crush new york state right now between the uh wineries distilleries cideries now they have meteries that was passed in march uh all those guys have meetups <laughs> <laughs> um i think there's something like 1550 licensed craft manufacturers in new york state where like colorado where it's huge is only like 550 like new york state is on the uprise because the whole idea was we're going to lower the taxes for these guys to produce and we're going to make them use under certain licenses new york state produced products so let's bring the agricultural community back up in here right and so like beer right now has to be 85 percent new york state barley uh wheat whatever grains and hops in combination uh they don't include the water in that mm. <laughs> uh and distilleries have to be 75 percent. it's a great idea it's awesome let's bring the agricultural community back here like because that's what we started as sure i mean right where we're sitting here in ellicottville my great-grandfather sat on the great valley planning board uh because we had property in east auto um and he said the worst thing to happen to ellicottville would be to bring holiday valley in because they were farmers Right. They were also bootleggers too, but um, 
but that would be the worst thing because that's how this whole community started. Even when I was a kid going to Eastside, like it was farm. It's the best thing that happened to this community is Holiday Valley. Yeah. But it's the worst thing for farmers. And look at the farming that's dropped out in New York State. So we're give, Cuomo gives all of us as manufacturers, and we really appreciate it, these tax breaks to start producing and doing things that we love and giving back to the community. We can't purchase the grain or the hops from these farmers that are putting money into it, retirement funds, you know, or whatever else they have into these farms to produce to us because I can get it cheaper through the same people that Budweiser get it through. Okay. I still have to keep competing with them. And in New York state, you can only grow X amount of hops. We can't get this, the uh, crazy dank citrus and mosaics. Budweiser actually bought the whole crop of galaxy hops for 10 years. Whoa. So no, like even as a home brewer, you can't even get that. So that's like Budweiser's thing. Quinn was doing it all for us, but we haven't given, he hasn't given anything back to these guys on their property taxes. Their losses when, if we're paying X dollars through the major manufacturers of hops and producers of hops and grain, we're paying X times two from New York state. It, it's hard for us to do that and still keep it in a price point to bring it to consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, so a lot of the uh, manufacturers are under the farm act are still just staying at the minimums that they have to do. Uh, the New York state distillers guild, the New York state, uh, Brewers Guild, the Buffalo, New York Brewers Association. We all work together as much as we can to lobby in, into New York, but like that only helps so much because like it takes time to make beer and we're not politicians, but we get everybody else out there to be like to lobby with it. I, Tim Kennedy's doing great stuff with it. He's got a lot of stuff in the assembly right now, pushing um, Schroeder's done some stuff. I've seen like through the online forums, we have to give back to the farmers, right? You know, like no food or no farm, no food, you know, like no farm, no fucking beer, bro. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's and that's what we live on. Like that's a commodity. Like we had beer and alcohol forever. Cause we didn't know we couldn't piss in the lake, you know, like, so you had to drink like this. Yeah. Like that's, it was a trade commodity. We traded gunpowder and bullets for booze. That's how you got proof. You know, if you could light the booze, it was at proof with gunpowder. You know, like wow. that's where that term came from. Hundred proof mixed with gunpowder will light. Wow. Yeah. You, you in, talk- a sh- in a shot was a trade for a bullet. Holy shit. You talk about giving back. I want you to, we got a little bit of announcement. You're giving back to the License to Talk uh, listeners. Tell them your announcement that you got here today. So uh, License, when, when the guys contact me to get on this, um, I was super stoked. So... I uh, just took over head operations of the brewery and distillery as a brewery distillery manager and production coordinator, uh, along with head distiller and Blake now from college <laughs> is our head brewer. Um, we are going to produce a license to talk beer. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. That's it, hustle, man. Uh, in the next two to three weeks, if you want to see how official and non bullshit it is, you go on the New York state brand registry on the SLA. It was submitted last week. So what we're going to do is we are going to produce uh, a beer of choice for License to Talk. We're going to try to take it for these great guys and push it into a package product. Awesome. Um, Also available in kegs. Um, (laughs) However we can push it and help us us brand it out. 
uh, the original talk was to do a Pilsner guys, you know, uh, like, but, I but now, know. but now you guys have come around and you've seen, yeah. you, you've seen the, uh, the way we could do, I think it's just put it in your hands. Cause you guys are the, You're the, the pros. I mean, it, I'm serious. Like this is some of the, this is like the best sour I've had out of like any of this IPA, this, uh, super brew. It's yeah. unbelievable. We just t- drank it out of the. Yeah, out of the bright tank. Yeah. I mean, that was, it's unbelievable. It seems like you're in your happy place. And like, even with tattooing, it seemed like, you know, you were making other people happy. That's what you're doing. It seems like you're doing that again in this. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always looked at like the marketing at this end and doing stuff for other people. Like I have, I've always had certain talents that, you know, other people could, if it was sticking a chain up my nose and pulling it out of my mouth, <laughs> you know, if football practice and, you know, doing shit like that, or if, you know, it was tattooing, doing specialized artwork, um, or making booze, man, you know, like it is what it is in South Buffalo has always been a thing, you know, um, I'd love to just like make a South Buffalo beer, you know, and I, I'd love to get Groves in on it, man. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. 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 Like, like his marketing stuff that I didn't know what he was doing all that stuff for them dudes. Like, yeah. Like that's super dope. I'd love to get in on it. Um, I don't think people know what you're doing here. Like, no, no, no. This, this is this, this is, is like. Tell us how unique this is. You said there's like only two of these. Yeah, we're we're the first brewery distillery in the same building in New York State because for years it was illegal uh, federally to have them both together because of tax purposes. Um, in the way that you could transfer off stuff, um, it was the whole. It, you remember when Zima disappeared? Yeah. Right? So Zima was a malt beverage, right? And they sold it under a beer tax. Uh, All Zima was, was like, Camacho got it, like, smeared off, whatever. Vodka watered down. Uh, so they watered it down to, like, a beer alcohol level so they can get it in that tax bracket and sell it to everybody. It was still booze. So, it, like, you see all these Trulies and stuff now. They're under a whole different thing. Um, It's... It's cool for us to have that, you know, under the combined craft manufacturer and be the first brewery distillery in New York State. Um, we hold probably the most licenses I've ever seen on the SLA website. <laughs> um, we have three on premise for this location for yeah, they- our downstairs bar that seats uh, 102, upstairs bar 180, our patio seats 174. We're the only place in Ellicottville that takes reservations. We have the largest parking lot. We have a steel-bound short shuttle bus. Really? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We can see 20 people. It'll have beer taps on it. As and long where, as you bring it, and it's free. Where it's, does it take you? Where? It takes you to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys got to check out the gig, the the digs here at uh, Steelbound. Very impressed with it. I mean, this, it's right when you come into Ellicottville. So it's perfect. Yeah, corner of 219, 242. Yeah. Tim Hortons is right across from us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have four bathrooms. <laughs> they got a stage they built. They got music yeah, here. Be, yeah, we got a stage inside. Uh, always looking for like cool solo or duo acoustic acts for inside because it's, this mm. high ceiling like bounces yeah. like some, uh, some of the high end like crazy. But we have a stage outside also. Um, we get a license to license to drink <laughs> uh, with, with the tent for fall fast out back with the parking lot uh, every second Thursday of the month. Well, it's the last one is next second Thursday, September 10th or whatever. Uh, we do the one Oh three point three 
the edge go on to harley bike night here um you guys have like you guys have harley davidson on one of your is that for sale anywhere or is that um the the boot oh the harley davidson moonshine first time harley's ever been on a booze bottle uh we teamed up with Gwanda harley for the bike night and they asked uh like what would it take to uh you know get our name on some liquor and i had already had the uh, sour mash corn whiskey moonshine approved by the federal government and i was like oh you just asked nicely uh Gwanda harley being the third oldest uh dealership still in existence for harley davidson um we co-branded with them. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. We have our aged whiskey that came out. Uh, we uh, Septi- think, September seventh. You got the bike night. Right? Uh, September. Yeah, September twelfth. September twelfth. Yeah, September twelfth. September twelfth is, is a bike night. September seventh is uh, Kwanda Harley Davidson. We'll be out there uh, doing uh, samples and pouring of our liquor and our beer for uh their open house um we're gonna be at uh a few events during buffalo beer week we're just trying to iron those out with willard right now um we're gonna be at a couple other distro things coming on we have our location in springville the old papa jake's on main street opening up hopefully in the next two to three weeks wow waiting on the uh the state to finish pushing through uh the rest of our branch office uh which is cool. Well, Marky, I won't bullshit you. There's a lot of places in Elkinville. I've been around Elkinville a little bit over the years. This is the best place I've seen in Elkinville. This is by far the best place this, I've ever been. They can accommodate any kind of crowd. The patio, back patio, stage, front bar, upstairs. And he'll even take you for a tour. You know, our boys in South Buffalo told us about this. Like, you know about the tour? No. Yeah, yeah tour. I ran into Shans one day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah you come in without a Kunas at, uh, <laughs> accent, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I walk in, I'm like, God. God, that Shanahan is huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he comes well, in, and I, 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 took, I took him on a tour and stuff. I've seen a bunch of guys from South Buffalo. That's great, Yeah, man. I mean, the, the ski, the ski, the skiing's coming around. I yeah, mean, we're, we're partnered with Hollymon also. Um, great. It's no longer a private ski resort during the week. So how do you, what's your partnership? What do you, what do you, oh, we, um, we give anybody who's a Hollymont member, um, 10% discount, uh, during ski season. We also run the, uh, the shuttle bus from us to Hollymont. Oh, you can come here. You can park here. Yeah. And you, they'll take you there. Yeah. And then, uh, it's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We can run that around, uh, snowmobile trails, uh, all end back here because snowmobiles aren't allowed in the town of Ellicottville. Pretentious. Um, <laughs> So you can park here. You can ride around. Um, we're pretty much trying to like run even tours because Bill, the owner, he's from you know South Buffalo too, and you know, we run it all for free because of insurance purposes. Yeah. So and if you bring us like uh, twenty people, we'll pick you up and <laughs> we'll take you back home. That is awesome. Well, and, and, then, and, the, and then the for the hippies that don't uh, that want to know about the geothermal, you guys run your own sort of geothermal uh heating here what, what, what how explain that a little bit uh well we uh we got lucky when bill built this building he got national fuel to lay all new lines out here and part of that was we need to lower our energy costs for the size of this i mean this place is huge right like, yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 like it's it's massive it's the expansion of the uh, time and wing right <laughs> it's, it's 1.5 million dollar uh, athletic department right yeah 
but this happened. <laughs> um, so we radiant heat all our floors um, through an on-demand boiler system, which keeps our gas bill down um, to an awesome level. But we also reclaim like all the water that we used to cool our wort before it becomes beer in the fermentation process. We reclaim that um, from 42 degrees up to 160 so we don't have to heat it as much. Uh, we also have these giant glycol chiller compressors that sit up there to cool everything down that put off tons of BTUs in the summer. We push it back outside and in the winter we use that to heat all the top end for our fermentation. Um, we have no forced air heat in this building and our ceilings are probably what, like 60 foot. Yeah. 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 It's great. And there's no insulation in like the brewery walls or anything. Really? Yeah. Like it's just all natural heating that we use off the aquifers and, and whatever inside here so we can conserve energy keep everything down and use a natural you know, giving back element. to the planet too yeah yeah, yeah very very <laughs> awesome and all of our liquor is vegan friendly oh, oh yeah what go. else oh. is gluten-free you have a uh, all booze is gluten-free i don't care what anybody says no booze has gluten really, really? no true like vodkas anything like that because you are separating the alcohol from the substrate that it's in you cannot so you don't have to put that on anything and on, on Tito's, booze. You, you can. Tito's does, and they brand it the hell out of it. Um, but everything is gluten-free. It's just a chemical separation of it. To get that done through the government, it's a pain in the ass to like do well, all improvement. Now, I don't need to brag yeah. about it. My shit tastes good enough. Rattle off right? your products. Rattle yeah. off. Uh, all right. So uh, on, on the booze end, we're going to have... Um, we have our regular Steelbound Vodka. We have our Steelbound Hoppy Hour, which is a blend of a distilled double IPA and our house vodka. That's at 70 proof. Uh, we have our Blue Balls Blueberry flavored vodka. Great Top name. seller, right? Yep, yep. Um, which partners along with our Blue Balls Blueberry Wheat, which is blue. <laughs> yeah, we, it we, is. Yeah, we, we kicked that dead horse over here. We loved it. We loved <laughs> it that. It was our, awesome. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, we have our Gowanda Harley Davidson Sour Mash Corn Whiskey Moonshine, which is bottled at 88.3 proof. We just released uh, last Wednesday at the Cody Jinks concert at the Town Ballroom our aged Sour Mash Corn Whiskey, which is aged on used American oak, French oak, and sugar maple. That's at 84 proof. We have uh, our white rum. Uh, which you guys saw the uh, the fermentation yeah, of the trench awesome. down trash can <laughs> rock rum. Yeah. Yeah. Straight Caribbean style chow right by the beach. <laughs> uh, which that goes into barrels and is our uh, vanilla spice rum. Spice, spice, baby. And that's, you said something about that, that it's the actually only spiced. It's, it's a true spiced rum. It's not a distilled specialty spirit that adds sugar or anything to it. Uh, we have 24 beers on tap at all times here. Um, from our Alpha Alpha, our last minute, last second, Beta Juice, um, Broody Call, uh, hashtag Hey Ya Up. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're releasing a new cream, cream Ale, which is ESP, the Eastside Pride. Uh, we have also our first domestic American light lager, which is Killer Light. <laughs> yeah, it's a 3.9% alcohol, 108 calories per 12 ounce serving. Uh, we have a special beer coming up for fall. Uh, that's kind of like the, uh, white stout you're drinking there. We're going to, awesome. we're not going to do the, uh, the pumpkin thing this year or the Han Solo pant, uh, chicks thing. We're going to do a carrot cake. 
What? Oh, we're gonna, we're, yeah, we're gonna do a carrot cake. I think a uh, full nitro. We just uh, actually released our Stranger Stout, which is um, a nitro only uh, stout. It's a six point five percent full chocolate with a full malt body with white chocolate back end on it. Uh, we we do it all. Like uh, Bill gives us a lot of open end creativity here. It really shows through a, a lot of this product. Yeah, definitely check them out. Fall Fest is uh, October 12th through the 13th. Uh, if you're from our area, you got to stop up and see Craig. This this place, I'm very impressed with it, Mark. I'm hard to impress. You know that? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm surprised I'm, he hasn't yelled at me yet. No, <laughs> I'm not going to yell at it's you. Your, this seems really like your happy place. It yeah. Does. I mean, the, the excitement just showing us through this place. and It's great. It is so cool. Yeah, yeah, we run the full service restaurant on top of it, you know. Um, open, like, well, we're about to open in a little bit, I guess, yeah. with, with the restaurant. So, like, 4 to 10 on Mondays, the rest of the week, it's uh, noon to 9, weekends, noon to 11. It, not, not to tell us about below hours so much because you ain't driving out here yeah. <laughs> after yeah. that. Well, um, you, you guys do a great job on the menu. You got the starters, the brick oven pizzas, the salads, the burgers and the sandwich, and then, of course, the entrees. And you even got something for the kids. And we, we were saying earlier, you've been getting a lot of families in here. There's more room than other places. I'm not going to na name yeah, yeah. the other place, but um, this place is uh, it's cooking with gas here, cooking with <laughs> ethanol or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? With all sorts of science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it's cool, and I, I really give it to Bill Bercy and, and what he did. Um, we, we had a hashtag. It was uh, Buffalo Meets Ellicottville. Um, he's, we have a beers trademarked for all the Buffalo neighborhoods, like, that's what Bill wanted to do, man. Like, it's a great idea. He, um, he wanted to open up in Buffalo, um, but this opportunity came to him, and it's right. perfect. Um, and it really gives us the room to showcase ourselves. And we're allowed a couple other places under our farm brewery and distillery licenses to open up. We're looking to go into the North Towns and, and whatnot down the road. It's smaller locations. This will always be our flagship and a big runner. Um, yeah, it, like it's it's awesome like bill brings all that old school like south buffalo yeah and food nice and like like he, he he wants to have it you know like mm -hmm. we brought ruse pierogies in for a little bit and you know we've always had that you know right he, he's always talking about the stuff that he had as a kid you know and he didn't grow up you know that awesome you know but he made a great great thing of himself it's great it's so awesome, it's an yeah, awesome and dude. hopefully we do start seeing your beers at like bottle rocket you know i we talked to eric today yeah and yeah. you know eric is like from the old mohawk scene and yeah ballroom like, man see, yeah see him all over the place and he's always working hard and i think you you know yeah. i think that he found the right people to to do this for him i'm, I mean, I'm glad we found eric too i'm you know? glad he found you even you though know, he's or, a franny's grad yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know they found you and i it, it, it's great i mean I, it really seems like you're doing something awesome here and super excited and yeah it um, seems like a really great opportunity for you and yeah and, it, and it's it we build the same stuff and i do it. like we're just giving back to the community awesome. you know i'd sit at home and do what you know i don't understand how people don't work yeah, yeah. <laughs> well the, the super brew is great i love it yeah um we kinger what's your favorite beer here today 
Chapter, chapter one, one blonde, blonde from uh, the Kinger. Yeah, I like the sour. I mean, I like the sours anyway, but I mean, I've yeah. drank the, the Minky Boodle and all that stuff. This was probably the best one I've had. Well, you can find Steelbound Brewery and Distillery at 660 Route 219, Ellicottville, New York, 14731. And I, I, it's good to run it, you know, run India. We're There's all older now. It's yeah. great, ain't it? Yeah, it's so crazy. We're all growing <laughs> up and, you know, uh, civil. And uh, we've come a long way from smoking cigarettes behind a medical building. Uh, yeah. Abbott Road, you know. Oh, over by gyms. Yeah, yeah. You're going to buy cigarettes from that bookie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I've had a great time today. I, I wish you luck. We're going to push this place, and we're really going to support you. Thanks for the license to talk. This beer. was really so, so, a, so a plus treatment. Thank you so see, much. See what uh, see what see what the listeners think. What kind of beer they want? Oh, oh, talk to me. I mean, people say Jimmy it definitely got to be a sour, right? Just, <laughs> 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 you know, but, I mean, throw it out there. We'll, we'll see what it's going to be. But it's got to got to be that South Buffalo Park Crusher, right? Yeah, yeah right. Or something you could slam down for our Chug Club. Maybe yeah. we get something there for the boys at the Chug Club yeah. at uh, Bottle Rocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I talked to Billy about it. Like, that's good. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> well, we ended on this. Uh, the Wolfman, Craig Lucas, you are now licensed to talk. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>